Welcome to another edition of Packy Chat. Holy crap, it's been a while. I think 10 months. But uh, what we have in store for you, episode 29, uh, also falls on the anniversary of where we got started. Uh, it was February 2020. The group of us were sitting uh, in a cabin, having some cocktails, uh, uh, enjoying elephant school, and uh, put a microphone down in front of us because seems like when we get together, all we do is talk elephants. So put a microphone down in front of us, and lo and behold, Packy Chat was born. It's kind of nice that uh, we get back in those same circumstances. We're still in the same cabin, uh, still the same group of group of people. Uh, the nice thing is uh, for this episode, we had Dr. Jen join us, which is awesome. So in this week together, we actually got to record two episodes. So the good news is we have one ready to roll right now that's getting released, and the other one will be released uh, next month. As always, even though we haven't been active, the Package Chat Facebook page has been active. People checking it out, commenting, joining, that's always a nice thing. So check us out on Packy Chat on Facebook. Yeah, and we appreciate everyone that has stuck around and still support us. This episode has kind of turned into a, you know, a lessons learned and, you know, how, how we've evolved uh, as an industry and what has changed you know, change in our industry over the years because of things we learned. Um, and of course, it seems like everything kind of comes back to EHB. But, you know, it was a, it was a nice, uh, a nice chat with Dr. Jen um, and the group of us. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. If you have any comments or suggestions for future podcasts, we're always open for them. Uh, you can email us at packychatpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the Facebook page, leave a message there. Uh, instant message us on Facebook, whatever. We'll get it. We'll respond. We'll add it to our queue for discussions moving forward. Anyways, this is enough of me chatting. So uh, let's get to it. Thanks for listening. HB after May Lee died, you know, and, and I, I told my whole staff like, that day that we were doing the necropsy. I was like, if we don't learn from this and do something different, we have failed. You know what I mean? Like you have to take all of those situations figure out can you do something different and if it's within your realm of circle of influence or within your power to change something to make the next outcome better then you need to do that but isn't it isn't it i can't think everything's of a, a learning opportunity right, right but i mean that, that's true all the way around i can't think of a time that we that you don't learn from yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean i but I, again, like, you know, we looked at that situation and again, you know, we were, we were like you guys, we thought we were totally prepared. Um, we got blindsided and it's like, well, what, what could we have done differently? What might have made a difference? Um, and that was, uh, increasing our surveillance and getting results faster. So to me it was, okay, we're going to up how frequently we test and we're going to bring in house PCR. That was the only things I could think of that we could do differently to get more information or get information faster to make decision better decisions. I mean, it worked out for us the next time. It we saved we saved Kai's life. Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another death. I mean, there's, sometimes it's out of your control, right? But at least now, when we go back and look at it, I feel like we can we can literally say there is nothing else we could have done. And I don't think we could have said that with Maylee. I think there was something else we could have done. But at the, at the time, there was everything you could have done. No? 
Well, I don't think so because I could have. We could have done in-house PCR. We weren't. We weren't doing enough CBCs. We weren't. Yeah, but, but we and we, you know. But, but, but you. But yeah, you learn from it. You. You constantly are elevating what you do. Because of situations that happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight, it's easy to say that, but I think it is. I think even the first one that that we lost, um, you know, at the time, we honestly thought we were doing everything yeah. we could do. Yeah. And. You know, look how much has changed since then, a lot of which came about because of his death. But, you know, and again, hindsight, I'm with you, is that I, I look back and think, fuck, we could have, should have been doing all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, I think at that time, looking at it, I do think we could, we may not, never have saved that animal's life. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we did think we were doing the right thing at the time and we've learned from that. But even now, I think we look forward a little bit more, even though it's like, okay, well, here's all of the resources available to us now. We've got serology available. We've got in-house PCR. You know, we, we constantly have conversations of, is that enough? Is there anything else we can do? We start to forward think, I think, a little bit more than we did back then. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to find some new miraculous thing that we're not doing now that we will start doing that's going to save every baby elephant's life. But, um, but that's why, you know, I've had a discussion with, um, uh, not a vet and, um, this was a, it was a freshwater turtle group that is out there in Texas saving freshwater turtles. And I went out there that as a vet. That sounds fun. Did you go there on purpose? I did. It was very fun. They were collecting uh, alligator snappers that were having some sort of disease issue, and they wanted me to come out and draw blood and help do some diagnostics. But one of the reptile guys was adamantly opposed to necropsy because he felt like the value of the animal whole, like not being cut into, was more than the value of what we could get from opening it up and looking at it. And so we had a great, I mean, I thought it was a great discussion about how you could do both, you know. Um, but most of what we know in veterinary medicine is learned from the animals that have died that, that we get then, oh, look, that's why it died. You know, let's try to prevent that in the future by increasing, you know, something, surveillance, improving nutrition, um, whatever that may be, improving husbandry, it could be anything. Um, but there's so much value to be learned from unfortunate events or things that don't go your way. I mean, you can learn more than really just looking joke. at the dead animal yes. and trying to figure it out. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> I think I figured it out. <laughs> it's not breathing. <laughs> well, I think we should do any crap. He's not breathing. That's why he died. You know, I hope we always learn from, from especially these deaths, something. But then when I look back, you know, I don't think it was until... Um, not a whole lot changed for a long time. Yes. The elephants were just dying and dying. Yeah. And it's not because people weren't trying to find answers. Um, but it seems like in the last, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years, every time, almost every time one dies or lately it seems like a, a group of elephants seem right. to get sick or, and or die, um, that we make the next leap forward. And I hope, I hope we're there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th I also think too, you know, there's not, maybe not so much now, but you know, my institution where, where I am, we're very transparent. We're very willing to um, put our failures out there or, or, you know, unfortunate things that happen, but also to share share data, share our information, participate wherever we possibly can to improve. 
uh, upon the research for some of these diseases. I don't know that that's true everywhere, um, but I do think that uh, having that sort of openness and any you know any research anything that Paul Ling wants, any blood sample, here you go. You know, like let's let's do it. Let's figure this thing out. Um, I really like that mentality um, of being able to participate in all of that research and. Um, having the the program that we do where the animals we're able to do that because the animals are so well trained and cooperative and we can get you know hey we need 10 blood, blood samples tomorrow all right let's go do it you know um, I think that that really helps to advance it as well um, and then having you know having gone through an EEHV death that makes you want to participate just all that much more you know and, and I think maybe that's part of it is you know, we were stagnant for so long and in, in progressing this. And again, I said it's not for a lack of, of effort, for sure. Um, but the, philosophically, we were different. I mean, everything was so secretive and, yeah. and quiet. And it took time. Once an elephant died, you know, not everyone was forthcoming that it even died. And we lost a lot of valuable information, I think, from those animals. Yeah. Uh, in that time, yeah, and and then and then on top of that, the record keeping and such leading up to it, nobody wanted to share. No one wanted right. to. We asked them to talk at an, it was either TAG or or the an EMA conference, and they wouldn't. And then in small talk, it found out that their elephants, they what saved their elephants was stuff they learned at another conference, and that kept my ass. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Because why wouldn't you why share? Why wouldn't you, you know? share that? Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't it wasn't them individually. It was a zoo. It was how the zoo felt, like yeah. what happens here stays here. But that, I mean, that's just such to the detriment of the population and, and the knowledge base that's going to just improve the lives of all of the animals, you know. And we had, you know, recently we had a, a death. It was a, you know, a planned euthanasia of an, a geriatric elephant. It had nothing to do with EEHV, but we knew how important any animal is to the research effort you know it doesn't have to be a calf with EHV um, and so we called Paul and he drove to the zoo got the samples he needed and he was very successful in growing these organoid cultures you know I mean we're that much closer now to growing the stupid virus that could then lead to the vaccine that's gonna end this thing once and for all you know and right. so all it takes <coughs> literally is a phone call and opening your doors and saying you know what what do you need come get it we're doing this thing, you know, regardless. So if you want the samples, come get them, and they're yours. Um, it's really, to me, it's a no-brainer. And and one nice thing, and it's, it's funny about Paul because he's very, he's very open at conferences and stuff when he talks at that. Um, he asks for, you know, contact me, and I'll send you everything you need to send me tissue. But what an what an awkward request. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, every everybody in our field understands <clears throat> the importance of it, but still weird you know hey i really like those shoes your grandma has on she looking, <laughs> she's looking pretty old <laughs> <laughs> but i also think you know like when you with mac and everything um you know the, the flywheel wasn't spinning at all right there was no momentum there was nothing being not nothing well, being right. done but, it, but, it was like the but start i think of the momentum. exactly and so the flywheel will, will started to spin and then and then baylor got involved and like all of that so you started to get momentum and then as we've had other elephants pass, I mean, take Mei Lee for instance. Um, you know, other than than 
Houston and Baylor, nobody had the in-house stuff, right? Yeah. So I think that was a little bit, um, that was groundbreaking in the fact of like, hey, there's going to be a zoo that's going to commit to that. And now you see yeah. the, the fruits of that. Oh, there's more and more. Unfortunately, other, well, yeah, national too, <laughs> sorry. Just being able to have quick access to that kind of stuff, I think is, has been a game changer on that. So I'm, for me, it's like, each elephant that has passed, unfortunately, has provided a little bit more momentum to try to get to the end game. Yeah, and hopefully, I, you know, the momentum just needs to stay there. It doesn't, it shouldn't be spurned only by... Oh, that, I, I agree. You I know, agree. And, and that's for us, you know, um, what, Maylee died seven years ago now? You, you know, um, almost no. eight. She died in 2015. Did April she? 2015. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. so it's been, I mean, literally almost eight years, and we haven't we haven't stopped the momentum since then. You know, it's been, we live, breathe, like every day, it's all we talk about is EHV and how do we stop it and how do we prevent the next calf? You know, we're constantly, every week, we get our trunk wash samples and if nobody's shedding, we're bummed because we want, you know, Rama needs to get exposed now. She's one um, and hasn't been, had a primary infection yet. Like, let's let's go, start shedding, let's go. So, um, I mean, it's it's literally what we think about for the last eight years, every day. The, the sad thing is, and we say it every time we talk in every meeting, is that for the most part, you don't get it until, until you, you get live it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you live it, it's a totally different yeah. situation. Yeah. But and, it, and it's funny because it seems like the people with breeding herds, and, and it's changing. I, I, I say that you know very, very general, and it's sure. not you know everybody, but. It seems like those are the ones that really need to be uh, uber sensitive, yeah. and they're not. And then you got these facilities with three old cows that are wild born and live together. No elephants are coming and going, and and they shed everything under the sun. And they're the ones that email you like, "Oh my God, we need an EHV protocol." Or, yeah. Like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they need to be sending their trunk washes around so we can just sprinkle it on all of our, That's right. our Cootie, babies. Cootie soup. Cootie soup. <laughs> Let's do it. What's on the menu today? Cootie soup. Cootie soup. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate that there's not a bigger kick in the ass than a, a dead dead elephant. Oh. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, you it's know, just so heartbreaking. You know, when um, we're, we had one of the the first, I guess, in the recent deaths of, of the Africans. Yeah. And by no means was this elephant actually had it before. Oh, right? yeah. And um, and by far she wasn't the only African, so it's not like it was unprecedented. Yeah. But quite honestly, that was not the first thing that came yeah. to mind. Yeah, right. You know, like after she passed, I remember calling calling you up and um, describing what what she was like. And you know, quite honestly, like some of the symptoms I saw. Because where we live, I thought somebody threw her drugs and she's oh. tripping out. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what I thought because um, I was describing the way she was acting and I'm talking to, uh, talking to him and, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, all those wow. symptoms, right? But the two and two didn't come together. So she passed on and then we had another facility that had two more die. I'm curious to know of those three elephants in that short period of time, didn't die. I wonder if the alarm bells mm. would no have way. sounded. No, 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 absolutely no. not. They no. didn't die. And yeah. Nobody listened. I mean, we had every EHV meeting that's that's taken place in the last 20 years. We said it was not a disease of 
captivity or disease evasions. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have proof that yeah. elephants were dying, Africans were dying, so it was ignored. And now that's one of the things that frustrates me a little bit, but I'm happy everybody's on board, is that we took a year and a half backtracking and bringing people up to speed. Um, not, that, not that we still didn't move forward, but we spent EHB workshops and stuff now saying the same thing again and answering the same questions again that we've been saying for 15 years because there's a group of people that didn't didn't listen because they didn't think it impacted them. Yeah. Well, and I think too, for, for me, one of the, the things I catch myself on and I have to remind myself is that there's still a lot about this disease, I'm sure, that we don't know. I mean, so much, because I'll feel like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm confident, you know, that I know the status of all my animals and what could happen and, and that we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna catch it right away and we're gonna, you know, all of this stuff. You know, that true, that, that was true with our, our last case. Um, we got, I mean, I'm sure part of it was luck that she survived. Um, some of it was, a lot of it was hard work, but some of it was luck, um, but there's, we're gonna get caught on it. Something's gonna happen, and we're like, oh, well, that was something we've never seen before. Like we did not know that about this disease. Um, so there's always still gonna be something more to learn. I think we're in that we're in that phase right now, because the last handful, starting with the one in Oklahoma, well, actually starting with the ones in Syracuse, yeah, in Oklahoma City. And I remember conversations hearing in-house blood is normal, but viral loads, you know in the millions yeah, or in the hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And it, you're thinking, how is that possible? And I remember even Paul Ling saying, I don't understand how an elephant's, and I'm paraphrasing for him, you know, how their VGE can be so high, but yet they're, they're just, they're, yeah, the blood chemistries are fairly normal. Yeah. And, and they're acting that. normal. Yeah. And we've seen that now with, with like oh, you know, five or six, yeah. you know, a handful of those didn't make it. The one in Oklahoma City did, but, I think we're in that we're we're there right now. Yeah. Like, like we thought we had it not well we can monitor in house in house blood samples and get an idea of what's going on until we get viral stuff back and we can make our decisions based on that triangle of three yeah. things mm -hmm. and now we like found you literally out that, just can't wait. Yeah. You just gotta go. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I think um, that's where I it comes full circle back to me, like what we started talking about is that that information has to be shared. Absolutely. If we can collate all of these cases, you know, there's still, I think there's, there's still the, the one piece that's missing is why do some survive and one and some don't? There's something we don't know about this virus. Like, is there a, a virulence factor? Is there something to do with the specific strain? There's some, some like why, why, you know, with some animals that could be under intensive treatment, don't make it, another animal is under intensive treatment again and does make it, what's, what's really the difference? And I think the data, you know, we just need good data, collate it, really look at it to see if we can figure out some differences. I mean, that might be true, but I, I'm thinking, did any of these, and I'm thinking Asian specific over Africans, but did any of, and well, even I guess some of the Africans, but did any of these recent cases that had these super high viral loads yeah. and, and normal, normalish CBCs and normal behavior outside of the Oklahoma City calf that didn't survive, weren't treated as early as the Oklahoma City calf? Possibly, but... You know, but yeah, like we're, I would love to see that information in, in, in a place where, where people are willing to share that and like really 
And, and it is hard. I mean, I get it. I've been through this what, a couple of times now with these ca cases, and it's really hard to document stuff because you're so busy trying to save the life of a baby elephant. Right. And you're not writing every little tidbit down. But I do my darndest at the end of the day to go back to the computer and literally write down every single thing that we did, discussed, you know, because data is every. I mean, it's really how you're going to figure it out is having all that data and being able to see if there's a, a factor of, you know what, you start plasma day one when they're at, 10,000 and um, and that's what's going to do it or is it they have antibodies to EEHV5 and somehow sometimes that can be cross protective you know there's a lot that, that's what you know where we don't know and what we need to figure out yeah and I, I should just I just want to clarify that you know the places that didn't treat early on I think at those times I didn't know that I would have either because sure. everything we know about it said you know the, again back to that triangle yeah behavior, uh, CBC and, and VGE. Yeah. And if two of those are normal, we're, yeah. we're okay. Yeah. And now we know that's not true. So yeah. I, you know, I don't fault them at, no. the, at the route that was taken. And by the time they, they took action, it was, man, it was just, it was way too late. And yeah. it's unfortunate because that's one time where everybody's sharing, sharing their data and their information they knew. Let Didn't us down. Let, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. for us, you know, we, we again. You don't took, listen to people, so. I don't <laughs> listen to people. I'm going to listen to what I know because mm -hmm. I went from my experience the first time when, you know, thankfully again, we participated in Pauling's research. So we were part of that study to figure out, you know, which markers from the viruses could um, develop a good antibody test. So we sent all of our, we sent Maylee samples from when she was sick and all that. And we found out that she had you know zero antibodies to anything um ehv related and so um, once that test came out that was a little bit of a game changer for us because mm -hmm. we started then monitoring kairavi um we knew that her antibodies from mom were gone uh, we hadn't seen any shedding because we were doing weekly trunk washes we knew that nobody had shed in the herd at least that we detected obviously we're not doing every day um but we hadn't detected any shedding so as soon as we saw that shedding come up from one of the adults man we watched her like a hawk and that very first VGE we got we're like it's go time start plasma now because we know she doesn't have any antibodies and she's at the highest possible risk so there was nothing to lose other than losing behaviors which we can right. get back um, so we just went we went for it full force and thankfully it worked yeah and that was gonna be my question is you know you the triangle that you were speaking of earlier does the antibody test get added to that triangle? You know, because right, because yeah. uh, I think it's know, an important you, piece of information. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, for me, I, the antibody, the serology is a game changer. Yeah. But it's I think not, per, it's not perfect. I know, I mean, we but, know it's not perfect. But again, but it's more information. What, 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 if that's a part of the puzzle, which again, I'm a firm believer in that, um, and you know, the, especially if you know the animal's negative, then yeah, you don't go, waste yeah, any go time, for it. right? Yeah, and I agree. I, I, I think agree that's that. that that's the thing I think where we're going to learn the most. If you positive, you still take precautions. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But if you know it's negative to one A or whatever, and you get anything, I that's when you have to you be go. aggressive, right? Because you, you can always stop. But let's talk about that. Yeah. A little bit, I think we should because so, I think that's a big part of it now. Yeah. So I mean, I I agree with that wholeheartedly, and especially what you said. If it's negative, yes. You know the positives. I agree. If if our elephant has positive serology, I feel better. But in the back of my right, head, like, I'm like, is, well, is this the outlier? <laughs> right. Because it right. seems like as soon as we get comfortable with anything, it proves us wrong, and it and it 
humbles us again. Yes. But I agree yeah. with you. If it's negative, yeah. yeah so you at least know that, right? You at least know yeah. they're negative and, oh, boy, we're in trouble. We are in trouble no matter what. We yeah. will be treating this animal at some point. Right? Yeah, right. Um, whereas if it's positive, you know, you may be still be treating the animal, but you may not have to be as aggressive or whatever with it, right? Right, I mean, I yeah, don't know. yeah. I don't know. You know, and question. I think, you know, Houston's a good example. I mean, great communication, you know, with talking with them, and they had some uh, fairly high, you know, VGE, you know, blood VGEs and animals that had had the illness before and had technically had antibodies. And it's like, what do you do? You know, do we start treating them? And it's like, you know what, if the treatment's not going to hurt them, why not start just to just see where the viral level goes if it plateaus right. out and doesn't go anywhere then back off if it goes up can't keep doing what you're doing because again you just you don't want to 100 percent put your faith in that those antibodies are going to protect right. them when right. we don't have enough data to say not yet, how, right? how protective yeah. they are yeah we don't yeah. not yet and, and and that's one of the things where where our community comes into play if, if for nothing else then than emotional support because I think yeah. everybody was on the same page, but let's hear what somebody else. Yes. Well, and I think that's what made you know them feel so so much better because they hadn't seen a recrudescence like that that went that high. Yeah. But then uh, when you know we gave our experience with Akara, it's like well you know all the data we have, we now know that her one A was a recrudescence and not a primary. We didn't know that at the time because we didn't have all the trunk wash data, but we do now. And it and I was like, yep, got that high. CBC stayed fine. Um, no, no issues. We treated for, you know, a few days and then ended up kind of backing off because it wasn't going anywhere. Um, but it was kind of, I think, comforting to know, all right, somebody else has seen that before and that animal was fine. So right. I feel a little bit better yeah, yeah, <laughs> about it. Sure. I'm going to still give them famcyclovir and some <laughs> plasma now and then, but I feel better about it. Has there been you any, know? has there been any data collected on animals that are currently positive and even undergoing treatment and doing sort of real-time serology and during the illness? We, um, we have looked at that a little bit. Not, we didn't do it um, frequently during the illness, but um, we do have an outlier because Kairavi, I mean, clearly had EHV1A, primary viremia, got very sick, um, survived, and to, to date now, she still doesn't have any 1A antibodies. Yeah, and I think Joy at Houston yeah. is the exact same way. So she never seroconverted, but there's a thing called cell-mediated immunity where your T cells will still fight the infection. It's just you don't have circulating antibodies, and we're pretty sure she, I mean, she clearly has some sort of immunity because she survived, but do, it's do frustrating. Any, do any of her siblings have antibodies? Yes, they do. Because it's funny because Joy's don't. Yeah. So, so the other two there that are siblings. And that's last the thing. I knew didn't yeah. have there could be some, you know, some genetic differences amongst the strains where it's not picked up by the antibody right. test because we, we have um, our dam that has had all the calves is negative for one B antibodies, but we know specifically from her trunk wash data that she has shed one B many times. So she clearly has one B. She just doesn't have any any detectable antibodies, and neither do any of her kids. Um, now, Akara did get 1B viremia that we caught, and she seroconverted. So she has 1B antibodies now. So either we have a couple of different strains of 1B, and some of them don't react with the antibody test, or they just don't show up in the blood. I don't, again. How old is she when that happened? Because it's interesting that. She was. Because somebody's uh, obviously shedding it, right? Right. right. So um, the dam is shedding it. Um, the calf, when she was a about a year and a half is when yeah, we detected the viremia and we only 
detected the tail end of it because it was like right when she was fully first starting getting, getting first getting her blood like draw trained. So so like, so it le it's <clears throat> we we're led to believe that she had maternal protection even though her mom doesn't appear to right. you know right. So <laughs> right. converted. Right. 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 So um and so the first thing I do is go back and give all of this data to Paul and be like, here you go, you know, just again learn more about the test and refine the test and he is fully aware of that. But um but yeah, you know, it's it, it's not a hundred percent again foolproof, but I mean we clearly know that Guy Robbie is protected. She got very sick and survived and now she should be should be quotes so serology positive seven-year-old asian elephant when are you comfortable reducing the frequency of testing yeah that's see that's a good that's we've just been having those discussions we're trying to figure yeah. that out um so yeah i think just last week we i had that discussion with my staff you know trying to figure that out because um, we've got an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old that are both seropositive and have had, you know, the, the eight-year-old has had 1A and 1B. The nine-year-old has had 1A for sure. 1B antibodies are negative, but again, for whatever that's worth. Um, I know we're trying to figure out, well, when do we, you so, know, we kind of figured we, you know, with the EHV consortium, we at least didn't have until 10. We're just going to go till 10 and then worry about it then. Yeah. I mean, we've got the capability to do in-house screening. Just, we'll just do it. You know, we'll just keep doing it. Um, and we, we used to do the adults every week as well, blood. Right. Um, we ended up pulling back during COVID just to help financially to pull back a little bit because it wasn't as necessary, but maybe we'll go back to that too because it's really good information to have. Like how often are they viremic? You know, I think mm -hmm. that's just good information to know. Um, but we may just keep doing it. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that one. It'll make me nervous to stop. I wouldn't stop that young, but like no. you said, maybe yeah, 10, 10 years old, somewhere yeah. in there. But. Because what is what is one year the, uh, okay, three year old survivor. Yeah, I would know. You, would you keep testing? Because that's what I one? have. Like every every calf yeah. I have right now, you know, has, yeah, I would keep going. I, I, would. Guess. I mean, if you have in house and you have the capabilities, why wouldn't you? Okay, what if what if uh, what if you're on the cusp of filling a plate? Then what do you do? Do you shed? Do you start a new plate or do you? Yeah. See, that's where we are because we we're able to fit the kids' blood and the trunk wash is all on one plate, so we do one plate a week. Right. Um, but now we have a new nine-year-old bull, and we're like, well, crap, he puts us over the threshold of the plate, so now we're going to have to do a blood plate and a trunk wash plate, so we'll back back to two days a week, which is what we did initially, which is fine. It's no big deal. Um, I mean, really, the, at the end of the day, all it is is time and money, so if you've got time and money, just keep doing it. Oh, is that all? <laughs> That's yeah. all. It's not cheap, unfortunately, but... Um, but, do you but either are baby elephants, yeah. they're worth, they're priceless. I asked this to you guys, uh, I think at the director's course, but do you ever think that there'll be a day where you get, hey, you know, there's, the, the antibodies are positive for 1A and hey, you know, they're at, they're fine. They're, yeah, they're at 100,000 and we're good. I bet, do you I think we'll so. ever get to that day? 100,000 BG? Or, or 500,000 or whatever, that, yeah, 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 some type of higher, you know, risky number, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's Ooh. always going to be a there's always going to be a twinge there. I don't know that we're ever going to be. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, we don't we don't have the numbers to. No, it'll make be me feel confident. No, right now yeah. the the, it'll be the a technology the is numbers. meeting the survivability, and we have right. to figure once we get an N of I don't know yeah. who knows then yeah. then that might be able to be something to be considered. But right now, I think everybody's going to play conservative, right? No, which I agree with. I'm just saying, do you think we'll ever get to a day where we have that much so. information? I'm sure, I'm, like, I'm, hey, I'm sure we will. We've seen this enough. Not we've in my career. Enough. 
You don't think so? Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a while, but um, I think, you know, we're already at the point where we're sort of collating that data of the survivors and looking at how high do these BGEs go and mm -hmm. what happens, like with their, their CBCs and stuff. We're already collating some of that data, but right now we only have like three cases, okay. like like three or four yeah. of those that are have recrudesced to a, a, a point where the blood BGE is starting to get a smidge concerning. Um, we may have some more cases now yeah. but um but yeah i think that it'll just take a, a good amount more of cases to feel comfortable i mean somebody's gonna have to bite so it's good somebody's gonna have to be the first one to jump off the cliff right and be like it's fine i'm not, gonna do I'm not saying we should do that i'm just but, yeah I'm just, yeah wondering about it, you know. nobody wants to be that one that one person yeah. it's like oh it's fine ignore it and then well, I mean, back to square one. that's the goal I it think is, is the yeah. goal, and and I think and maybe that comes with the vaccine. I don't know, but well, I, I think over time we'll probably develop some benchmarks to say this yeah. based on yes. information we get. We'll be right. like, if we can hit this, this, and this, then I think we feel good about right. seeing yeah. what happens. You know, yeah. do you think there's like a intermediate step? Like it'd be a big step just to say, no, we're not going to treat. Let her. It, it would be. It. I mean, but but the intermediate step would be okay. Well, maybe maybe we're going to try it without the fam. Yeah. Maybe we're not going to do this. Why not we throw the kitchen sink? Yeah. You know, is that a... But you can still well, give them some fluids. Right. Yeah, is there too bold of a move to take one of those treatment options off the table and let it ride? Well, I mean, that that's what I was... When you said that, it made me think. I don't think there's a there's a person out there that thinks fam does anything. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but no, everybody's Nobody, too everybody afraid to not give it. And I yeah. get it. I'm, I'm one of those people, too. Yeah. And... There's a significant monetary expense yes. to that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd definitely be much more likely to not give fam than to not do anything else. Yeah, I, I would still give the like. I think the IV blood and plasma and stuff does oh, way more than the fam cyclovir does. But even if the fam cyclovir just trips the virus a smidge yeah, right. so that it doesn't replicate quite as fast. I mean, you're already ahead of the, the curve right, a little bit. So yeah. then it's totally worth it if it does that, but we just don't know if it does that because we can't culture the virus. That's right, Paul always says it give, if it gives you a 2%, yeah, better, better than chance, zero. that's 2%, <laughs> 2 chance better. I'll take. Yeah, 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 I'll take it. And you know what, at the end of the day, it's, you know, that baby elephant's worth more than what that fam cyclovir costs. Hands yeah, down, of course. Hands down. Fine but mark. there must be uh, now. Are there cases where um, an elephant didn't get treated, either yeah. either yeah. because the um, you know they didn't know they didn't know the skill set, something like that. Yes, but we also didn't know if those elephants had antibodies. antibodies. Yes. Yeah. Mm. That, so that's, yeah. again, that's the game changer for me is the antibodies. If you're dying and you have positive antibodies, then we're fucked. Right? Yeah. So if it gets, yeah. <laughs> if it but if but if you're not, if every yeah. single animal that's deceased did not have antibodies, then you know yeah, my it, simple brain tells me you know because if they don't treat, you might think, oh well, then that that animal survived, never got vamp psychophere. But that's that's too simplistic because maybe right, you beat right. it because it had serology. Yeah, right? it, so. it's hard because you know again you you throw the kitchen sink at these babies and so you don't know what one thing helped you know or is it the combination of the things there's so many factors but um but i also think there's a lot of animals that survived back in the day yeah. that had antibodies that we never treated i mean sean like just, how, how did sean survive exactly that's what i, well, that's I mean sean got fancycle that's <laughs> why we all use <laughs> <laughs> i know but man that was there some like 
smidge of maternal antibodies left in that animal or something. I mean, looking yeah. at the pictures, there's no way she should have survived. Right, exactly. Right. right, yeah. But now she can't get pregnant, whether that's from the EG or not, who knows. But right. she's, she's done. She's toast. She's the fun aunt. If you had to estimate a rough timeline for a vaccine and what strain do you think it would be? Uh, 1A. 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 1A for sure. I mean, I think it's close. It's, you know, now it, it'll come down to regulatory nonsense probably. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I mean, I, I bet he's ready now hmm. uh, to put it out. And it's just going to be, you know, FDA, USDA crap that's going to slow it down. Is there not an elephant in human care that's received a vaccine? In right? Europe. In Europe. But it's not the same vaccine that Paul's working on. It's different. So you give him a vaccine, okay? Like, look, what do you, you give an animal a vaccine, it never gets it. Like, how do you test? So you you're basically, yeah, you're yeah, yeah that's what I was about to say. Explain, ex can you explain to the audience what this type of vaccine would do for the animal? Can you explain to the explain two it people to me listening? Too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, crunchy. <laughs> so um, crunchy McGee. <laughs> obviously, the you know the vaccine once it's developed would be given to an animal that is likely already protected for EH because they already have had it or you know whatever they have antibodies so by giving the vaccine if it works you should see the immune system respond to that and the antibody levels would spike so that would give you the indication that that vaccine is is working because the body recognizes that antigen that protein whatever's in that vaccine and mounts a response thinking that it needs to fight the virus so that's kind of what you're looking for so you wouldn't give it to a a negative animal to see you, if it no, turned you, you positive? No, you would. I think you would give it to um, kind of known animals first just to see if the vaccine right. worked. And then, um, but I mean, if somebody gave me a vaccine today, I would stick Rama in the butt right now all day long. I don't right. care. I don't care. I would give it to her. Um, but You mean, uh, oh. I've, I've used that line before. Yeah. Say that again. All day long. He uses it all day long. Yeah. So, but doesn't that give go, me a vaccine? But, the, but doesn't that go right back to the? the not Ray Romano. Positive. Yeah, but right now, I mean, she only has maternal antibodies, so that would complicate things a little bit. Plus, um, we've just—I mean, we, you have to get blood from her, and she just got that behavior, so um, you have to be able to get the blood reliably. But, to but if the goal of the vaccine is to make them antibody positive and we have animals that are antibody positive it, yes and it, it's so they, it, they that's what is that what it's after i guess yeah so they they technically wouldn't need the vaccine right but they would test it in them to see if the vaccine worked and, and so if an animal is given them say it's given the vaccine now right yep the animal's given the vaccine say it's for 1a has high antibodies because of that vaccine and now it has 500,000. are yeah. you treating that animal that's been vaccinated i think Potentially, yeah, because you don't know yet how if, if that if vaccine it's is going to be zero. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I'm just I'm thinking yeah. of long game stuff. But you, you know, you know they vaccines aren't perfect. I mean, we right. know that, right? It lessens the disease. It doesn't necessarily prevent the disease. It depends on the vaccine. It depends on the disease. But it can prevent you from dying from said disease. But you might still might get sick. Um, so I think that there's a very real possibility you might still treat them, but you may not have to treat them as aggressively and you may not have to treat them as long. Right. I mean, doing sedations every day for two weeks is exhausting for the elephant, exhausting yeah. for the staff. I mean, you, it, that's hard to maintain. Yeah. Um, you probably wouldn't have to do that in an animal that mounts a response immediately and then fights it off. You'd only have to do it for maybe a few days or something. The end of it, which is way better. Or you just do the same thing you would have done before 
hoping that it just hedges. The it gives you that gives 50 you gives you a leg better. up yeah. on top. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah. that's going to be the million dollar question is who's going to be the first one to step down. The, right. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, I mean, and that's the same uh, yeah. argument with the serology positive. Yeah. Right. And you know, I mean, for us, you know, when we finally realized, I mean, it was touch and go there for a while if Kairavi was going to survive or not. We weren't sure. Sure. Um, but there was a very clear point where all of a sudden her platelet numbers shot way up you know we're like okay she's rebounding she's in the recovery right. phase and then we we immediately backed off i mean her um her viral load was still um i think in the hundreds of thousands when we stopped treatment right. so but it had gotten up to almost four million right. um so we knew it was on the downslide her cbc like she was clearly responding and fighting the virus based off of her blood work so we were confident and we were comfortable backing off right Again, educated decision. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have backfired. Yeah. It's just but, very interesting. I'm just uh, yeah, and, made, uh, and for the two it. people that are listening, yeah. I think this is very educational. Yeah, for it was them. <laughs> a decision made based off of however scientific we could possibly be, right. based off of data. So, I mean, we we talked about like life lessons or whatever, and it was. I can't think of another, in in the however many years I've been in this business, anything that has caused the husbandry and care of elephants to change as much as EHV? Well, I would say the only other one I could think of is iron storage disease and ramfastids and toucans and stuff because of giving them too much iron in the diet. Now, who the fuck invited you? <laughs> this is called hacky. <laughs> she, she said, too can can we all shut down, right? Like, now for the zero of you listening. We, completely changed how we care for those birds. And, and next week on Chicken Chat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I don't want chicken. Birds' lives matter, too. So you we're talking about, you know, um, how, what was the original question? <laughs> how you learn from like, your failures. Yeah, learn from failures. Okay, so, yeah. so I, was a, I was a chicken chat. I was a, a new keeper, and we had a chicken that needed meds. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to pill a bird. So instead of asking... I figured I would just grind up the pill, mix it with a little bit of water, put it in a syringe, and give it to and the chicken. It. So that's what I did. <laughs> and so I administered the syringe, and instantaneously it came out of its eyeball. <laughs> so. Were you treating an ocular issue? Yeah. <laughs> I was now. <laughs> so I had to go tell my boss, and uh, the chicken went down to the hospital and was, you know, a nebulizer for a while and everything. And, Made a full recovery, at which point it was delivered back to the area, put it down. They lived with some guinea hogs, put it down, and uh, it started to walk around the pen, and the male guinea hog proceeded to walk over and bite its head off <laughs> <laughs> immediately. So that was... That's that a was fun story. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It smelled the drugs on the eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the chicken was a little slow. Yeah. And, and no, I... I Again, I'm sure there's other species that 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 people care about, just not here. Yeah, no, I'm talking elephants specific. Huge. Like, yes. like you know, births have changed. Yeah. How we manage births has changed, but it wasn't that didn't come so as a yeah. well, well, it didn't even come out out of truly as a as a like we have to do this or the elephants are going to die. Like, right, we weren't right, in that right, position. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's for the better or the worse, whatever. I'm just saying, you know, we are we're changing husbandry. And medical care for these guys 
for one reason, you know, yeah. to keep them alive yeah. because yeah. of EHV. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't think of any, you know, lessons learned, whatever that, whatever we said. What about what about TV? Would that would that be close second, far second? But I don't think list. that really changed what we knew. It just, I mean, it just made you do a test every year. But it also doesn't have the... It's a pain in the ass is what it is. Yeah. But it is, but they're not dying but from they're it. Not like dying. I, I wish, I wish at the time not USDA cared as much about EH, EHV as they, they did, did about yeah. TV. Yeah. And I get why they did with... Yeah, with, cattle uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so, but I mean, all this effort into TB testing and there was no effort into EHV testing at the time. Yeah. Well... If the keepers could give it or get it, I bet you the. Oh no! Absolutely! Oh, yeah. oh yeah. absolutely! No, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think TV is a huge topic that is is a very very difficult situation. It, it yeah. is, and it yeah. still affects. It still affects a lot of people. It's yeah. not. It's not gone by any means. <clears throat> yeah. But before AHV, that seemed to be one of the hottest topics, yeah, right? For sure. And for it sure. still is. I mean, depending on who you talk to, mm -hmm. you know. But but it was it was because of zoonosis, not yeah, because of yeah. animals dying from it. Right. Yeah. Right. But so let yeah, you know, let's talk about that. So if an animal got TB at at I don't know, twenty years old or something, and it and a uh, culture positive for it, are you treat? Uh, so are you are, are you willing to say yeah we're fuck it, we're not gonna it has TB like other than the human risk, right? Are you gonna just say hey no, or are we treating this animal? Mm. Well, back then you couldn't say no. Right. I'm saying today. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, your state vet can still make you treat. It's up to them. Yeah. 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 That's not really your your call. Because the TB TB is I mean, tricky, man, and it's tough, and he's drug resistance and. The, the drugs are really the, hard on the elephants too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, believe me. You know, like yeah. famcyclovir, like you know, the elephant yeah. doesn't even realize that that drug's going through its veins, but you yeah. give them those antibiotics, and they could get really sick pretty fast from the antibiotics mm -hmm. not necessarily the yeah, disease yeah. but and it's a hard one too because the disease can either just like wall itself off and go latent and the animal lives a full life or it can destroy their lungs and they eventually die but years down the road. i guess what i'm getting at is if you had that 20 year old animal and you decided hey we're not going to treat you know they'll wall it off and, and do all of that is that animal going to die from tb at at twenty years old. Oh, not at twenty years old. No. But maybe I mean at it could it could right? die, you know, but then you know, you have to think about the the rest of the herd too. Then you're gonna end up it'll infect the rest of the herd and you're just gonna have all of them positive. I don't know. I don't know. But if answer. but if it's, it's not it's that a, big of a deal, I mean Yeah. You know. Again, I'm just trying to probe yeah. to oh, sure. then who cares? Sure. Right? I mean I don't it's a very interesting topic to it me. Is. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, because you can get into a huge debate about it. It would be yeah. so. It would be much simpler if humans couldn't get it. If there wasn't right. the the human health aspect to it, it would probably be a lot simpler of a decision. But well, even if the animal doesn't die from it, you've got seriously compromised yeah. uh, welfare. Yeah. I mean, they get they're susceptible to so many other things because that TB is weakening them all the time. Yeah. Um, geez, I mean, TB is rampant in Asia. Yeah. 40% of them over there in Nepal had it, and they don't want to know if they've got it or not. They don't want to diagnose 40% that they know of. Right. So, because it, when I'm looking at TB or thinking about TB, is it accurate to say that I just heard way more Asian elephants having it than African elephants? Is that true, or is that just an anecdotal thing that I think I... That could just sure. be because of a data thing. I mean, they may not know how many African elephants have it, but there's also, you know, the Asian elephants well, live. Well, hold on. They had to be 
We had to test every year. I'm talking so. about in the wild. Oh, are, are you, no, are you I'm talking, about, yeah, in oh, our, sorry, in our case, like, talking. let's say in the U.S. Do you, I, I thought we were How often do you test wild. yours for it? Somewhere. Now we don't. We don't, but before. Well, then you're never going to have it. I hate to tell you. We stick our heads in the yeah, yeah we before we had to test every year. USDA right? doesn't require Asian it elephants, though, right? Or did you test no, no, Africans? Yeah, we okay. tested Africans yeah, we too, too. Yeah, we still do. How we many people have treated an African elephant for tuberculosis? I don't know. I haven't. That, that's what I'm thinking. I haven't really heard of that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's always the Asian elephant. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's very well possible that they may be more susceptible to it than an African elephant is. But I mean, African elephants in the wild certainly get tuberculosis. That's usually bovine. So if we go back to the chicken and the egg thing with um, TB and... Um, Came out of its eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that... Um, who had it first, the humans or the elephants? Humans. Do, do we think that some of the elephants that we see are more from the, the traveling elephants that... that traditionally have been more of the Asian elephants. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's more prevalent in those populations because there is a distinct difference between the Africans and the Asians, I think, in human care in North America, especially at the beginning. Do you think that could be a part of it? I mean, it could be. I guess it just depends on who they're exposed. Because, I mean, in, in elephants, um, I feel like, I mean, the disease comes from humans to elephants. Right, so it has to be. I mean, it's still the number one infectious disease of humans. So I guess it just depends on that exposure level and who they're getting exposed to. If they're getting exposed to positive people, and maybe those traveling elephants are exposed to more people, that yeah, they have more of a chance of, of seeing it. I don't know. Are we a hundred percent sure at this point that you're getting cross-species transmission? Because we, at one of the stakeholders meetings, the smartest thing we ever did was bring somebody from the CDC who was a TB expert. And he listened to us debate all day long, back Did and it? forth, both sides. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the conversation, the guy stood up and he said, do you know what the particle size for transmission between elephants is? And everybody was like, nope, no clue. And he goes, well, the particle size for transmission from me to him is very, very specific, so specific. He said, I seriously doubt the particle size for transmission between an elephant and a human is the same. Hmm. There's been, um, I mean, the only study I am aware of looking at particle size was a study done at, in Australia, and it wasn't even with Mycobacterium tuberculosis. It was with a proxy bacteria, like some other bacteria, and they aerosolized it and they, to a specific particle size. Again, we don't, I mean, who, who knows what the particle size is right. needed for an elephant? Nobody knows that. Um, but looking at how, how far those particles could disperse in a barn, and it could go pretty far. So um, I, don't, I don't know that anybody has the answer to that. I think it's all speculation, but the speculation is, is that most likely it's from human to elephant, but it could certainly be from elephant to elephant, and it could certainly be from elephant to human. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. all those are possible, but. Well, there was, there was a case of elephant to human, human yes. in the US. Yes, yes, yes. Aerosolized. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yes. Okay. but I think, you know, the way the USDA kind of looked at it was, all of these elephants have it and they're giving it to the people. And it's like, well, a lot of the people already have it and have probably given mm -hmm. it to the elephants oh, first. Yeah. And then now the elephant, you know what I mean? I don't, it's not just a disease of elephants. It's right. a human disease. But back to the original question, is tuberculosis killing elephants? Yeah. Yes? I, it can. In the long run? In the long run, yeah. yeah. I mean, that 
necropsy picture I showed today was old. Right. It was riddled right. with it. You know, that those animals are going to eventually die, and it's usually not necessarily hey, from... Hey, every, every elephant is eventually going to die. True story. <laughs> True story. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it may not die of respiratory failure because right. of the bacteria, but it's going to die because it's so weak it can't survive anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's immune system is broken down with some secondary infection or it wastes, basically wastes the weight of nothing and it can't even stand up anymore. Right. Do they, yeah. Do they get that a lot in Asia? Where, where they, where they have cases where that happens to animals? Do you guys know? Yes. From tuberculosis or from something related to that, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I can think of three elephants that we just worked on that I have no question had tuberculosis. Yeah. They probably don't always help. know because they don't always want to know. They don't check. But I've had a couple of elephants that didn't have, well, they didn't have it well years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I had an elephant that was that was with an elephant. She was not positive, but she was with an elephant in close contact that was positive. That said, the elephant. So that said, though, the elephant that had it and died, and then the other one they were with, subsequently came up positive with it. They were both Asians. This was an African, mm. and she, to this day, gets tested every year and has never cultured mm. positive. I don't know. I, I mean, it, certainly, like our testing for tuberculosis is is way worse than our testing for EAG. It's so imperfect. It's not not that good of testing, but it's what we have. Trunkwash works. You just got to catch it at the right yeah. time. Well, that's if, what if I was just about to yeah, say. You know, and then if, you know, if it's they wall like it off, and, you know, there's just so, yeah, there's so many fa weird variable factors that come with that. It's yeah. It's confusing as hell, it and is. then it's wonky. It's I don't like it. <laughs> is it is it Period still a requirement second. to test annually? I, I think, don't think uh, state vet. It's up to you, state vet. No. The USDA doesn't have is, is has washed their hands yeah. of it. So it depends on. So is it up to your state vet only if you ask? I don't. Yeah, I don't know that the. I don't know if the state, the state may have a say over it for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what Florida but, says. But how do they know? Like, you but could, it's like, still in the standards though, right? I mean, it mentions TB testing in the standards, but it's not a requirement to test annually, right? What is the wording? I can't remember what the wording is for TB testing. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's in the preventative health uh, we, We'd have to look standard. it up. It probably isn't. But it so. might just be in the explanation thing and not, mm. and it's not the actual standard right. that you'd have to test annually. Like if we're in a situation that if you're tested positive, then you go down this rabbit hole where you have to test. I mean, yeah. you have to treat. Yeah. And knowing that could kill the elephant. Well, it's a why, why, disease, why would so we, if why you do get a positive, you are required by yeah, law to report, to report it to your state right, vet. Yeah. And then, but, then that right. opens the whole other ball of wax. So right. if we're not required to test for it, then why why would you? Again, for the health of your staff. I mean, again, it staff depends on the veterinary program, too. Yeah. Some people have been testing for it for years, and they're not going to give that up, and they, they would rather do it and have that communication with the state vet so that that is an ongoing thing. Yeah. So I mean, you, you could test. just, honestly, you it, mm. a, probably a better, maybe a better thing is just to continue to test your staff every year and just make sure your staff stay healthy, and then if they're healthy, yeah. great. There's places that do both. Yeah. You know, I mean, still we do test both. staff still, and have never had a positive ever. And yeah, still we have, testing elephants and we testing do that. Staff. We've never test, had a positive, yeah. um, and we still test annually staff and elephants. But you're required to have a TB testing program for your staff regardless. That's a separate standard. Yes, process. yes, yes. Um, and that's not just for elephants. That's for primates, primates and for all the, yeah. you know, for everything. Um, sea lions get tuberculosis. I mean, there's a variety of species. Guinea pigs. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
those are a little bit easier to just fucking think and check <laughs> Those rectal medicine guinea pigs, pigs, man, that's yeah, not that's fair <laughs> ministry. Thanks again for once again listening to Packy Chat. You know, I say it every time, but, you know, Packy Chat is not about agendas or anything like that. It's just a, a handful of guys getting together and talking about elephants and our passion for elephants. So we're not trying to push anything on anybody. Uh, we hope that anyone that listens has an open mind. And, you know, if you can take one or two things away from the stuff we talk about, great. Uh, if it spurs on uh, some conversation in the barn or makes you think about things differently or even reassures that what you're doing is right, uh, you know, that's all great. You know, we, I'll say it over and over, we love elephants and we love to talk about them. So that's what this is all about. So thanks so much for listening to us. And thanks as always for supporting us on Facebook or wherever you listen to your podcasts. A couple things. If you have other topics you want to hear us talk about, send us a, a message on Facebook or email us at packychatpodcasts at gmail.com. P-A-C-H-Y-C-H-A-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll answer those emails uh, as soon as we can or give us ideas for future topics. And again, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, we are on Patreon now. Uh, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, uh, and look up Packy Chat. And all that is is a way to help support us. Uh, you know, I know times are tough for everybody, and we're certainly not looking to make a profit on Packy Chat, but uh, there are some expenses that go along with it. Microphones, uh, software, podcast space, all that thing costs money that we're paying for out of our pocket right now, which we're f happy to do. If you like us, like us enough to support us, that's great. You know what? And if now is not the time to provide any uh, financial support, we are so cool with that as well. Just uh, give us a like and share with your friends. That's good enough for us. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening to us, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.